you want to make sure as a parent, and I'm a parent, I want to make sure that my children have access to every opportunity as they're going through life so that when they become adults, they become contributing members of this larger society, right? That they're successful and able to take care of themselves. And that's like the number one goal of a parent to raise a child who is successful, you know, who is independent, who's able to take care of themselves. And so that all starts at the early stage of getting the right help and the right support for them and for you as a parent. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free Parenting Toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside. Welcome, welcome, Blissful Parents. Michelle Abraham, your host here. I am so excited to bring you another fabulous guest today. We are so lucky to have Dr. Rolanda Fabian here with us. And let me just say hi first before I tell you a little bit more about her amazing accomplishments and uh, her expertise. And today we're diving into the topic of parents being the best advocate for kids, especially if your kids have special needs. So um, Dr. Rolanda has so much experience in this and uh, just excited to have you here for this conversation today. So how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be here too. And thank you so much for giving me this platform to share some information with parents about ways that they can advocate for their children. Yeah, awesome. Well, this is a topic that we haven't really dove into much before. So this is exciting for us to have you here today. And Blissful Parents, let me tell you a little bit more about Dr. Rolanda Fabian. She's an accomplished professional with extensive experience in educational leadership and special education. She's a military veteran and holds a degree in teaching and learning and educational leadership, counseling, student services, and psychology. That sounds like a whole lot of school you went to. Yes, <laughs> so it was different. a lot. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Her areas of expertise include federal and state compliance and special education laws and regulations, as well as providing professional development courses for educators and organizations that support people with different abilities. So I'm so excited that you're here and I know you've created your own consulting practice um, and consulting firm called Bright Idea Consulting and you have a mission to ensure that all learners are supported and prepared for their family's futures through nurturing a collaborative teams. Uh, and, you know, this is an interesting area and I'd love to know just how did you end up in this space? And was it a personal story that led you here or was it a need that you saw that drew you to this kind of space? Because 
feel like there needs to be more attention brought to this space of parents um, who have kids with special needs and are, and just are struggling. So uh, share with us your story and how you got started in this. Sure. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. So um, before I get started and how I got started in this, let me say that I appreciate you having this topic on your show because um People with disabilities in general just are super underserved and parents oftentimes don't know where to go when they need support. But parents with children that have disabilities are not the only ones who have to advocate for their children. That's something that all parents right. have to do. <laughs> I was so, going to get there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're. I'm so happy to talk about ways that we all as parents can advocate for our children and advocate for that, how advocating helps us to take care of ourselves and do a better job as parents. So how I got started here? Well, it is a long story that I will make short, but I have been in this field of special education even before all of those credentials and schooling that you mentioned in the uh, in the bio stuff. So my I have a brother who has special needs and my mom was constantly working with him, um, trying to make sure that he got all the services that he needed. But And I saw growing up how difficult it was for her I never intended to like make this a career, but I always gravitated toward it because of the the close relationship I had with this area. And so I was helping my brother. I was helping other people who had children with special needs. Um, I have other members of my family who had special needs. And it was something that I just um, grew a heart for. I always thought I was going to just go to school and become a teacher. But my path just led me right back to special education. And after teaching with students for a while and after working in administration for a while, um, I, feel, I felt like it was just time to transition out of the school system so that I could help parents and children in a way that felt more natural to me. Because there's a lot of um, boundaries that you have to keep when you have that professional relationship. Well, if I'm doing this on my own, I can work with people the way that I see that they need help and the way that they're telling me that they need help. So that's kind of how I ended up in this space with Bright Idea. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Oftentimes we're constricted under like federations or red tape or this, this, the, all these things that keep us from actually doing the job that we really want to do and touching the people that we really want to touch in a bigger way. Um, I can relate to your story. I have a cousin who had special needs and seeing my aunt and uncle um, struggle a bit, but also like finding so many resources to support him and he gets to do great things and like have a great life and have some really exciting things happen to. But I think that's because they were advocating so much for him. Um, and just seeing that uh, from a family within our, within our own family uh, was really, it's great to see that there is support out there if we can advocate and get the right team on board. And I think that you said that perfectly. It's a team it's a team experience. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that's part of what I do. So parents who have children with disabilities or parents who have uh, children with special needs and parents in general, you know, when you spot that your child needs something different, and, and I'm talking about the full gamut. Sometimes you have a child who's exceptional in a way that they're gifted. Mm -hmm. And those children have, that's a special need. You have to cater to those needs as well. As a parent, you have to figure out how you can get in there and make sure that your children are getting what they need from not only the school system, but even in the community, access to those things. So 
Um, it is important because you want to make sure as a parent, and I'm a parent, I want to make sure that my children have access to every opportunity as they're going through life so that when they become adults, they become contributing members of this larger society, right? That they're successful and able to take care of themselves. And that's like the number one goal of a parent to raise a child who is successful, you know, who is independent, who's able to take care of themselves. And so that all starts at the early stage of getting the right help and the right support for them and for you as a parent. Mm, Absolutely. You know, is there some strategy or steps that you want parents to know about? Like if there are parents out there listening today that are struggling and they are finding, like, I feel like you need to be a little bit of a detective and find out where the um, resources are. And it's interesting that we're having this conversation right now. I don't, I don't have children with special needs, but I have a client that had, who was blind and I'm right now trying to find some resources for him for funding for his podcast and helping his business grow. And so I feel like I'm putting on a bit of a detective hat right now and trying to figure out what are the options out there and what are some things that are available. And so do you, you've seen many parents and had many, many clients that have gone through this. What are some of the first steps people should be doing um, when they're realizing that they need a little bit more support and, and um, want to know what some of the opportunities are out there? Uh, the first thing I'm going to say is going to be hard to hear for some for some parents, mm-hmm. and that is um, understanding that when you see that there's something that might be going on, explore it. Like, don't ignore it, okay? Because the longer you wait, the bigger the issue can get, but the further your child can get behind. And there are services that begin at birth. Like, you can have a child who who's born and you know has a disability or has a special need, and you can get services right from day one. So you want to, as soon as you know, or you soon as you recognize that there may be something different about your child, explore that, find out what it is that's going on. There's You can get that help through the school system because schools are by law mandated to look into any child, you know, investigate, evaluate any child from birth through age 21 who a parent feels like may have a special need. And that is supposed to be a very um, thorough, like comprehensive Mm. evaluation, looking at all things social, looking at um, how they uh, academically respond, looking at how they're developing all the areas for children. And so what they do that, when they do that, they're able to see whether the child is on target or off target. And if there's some things where they're not meeting the criteria, they'll, you know, get them in, get them services, get them supports, and schools will guide you to it. They have partnerships with all kinds of uh, agencies throughout your community um, where your child can get the support that they need, even within the school system. So um, so that's what I, I would say. Very first thing, when you notice something is, is, is different about your child, explore it. Don't ignore it. And then yeah. the other thing is, if you have a child who's older, so maybe you, maybe you didn't notice it in the beginning. Maybe your child started showing signs of something going on as they got older, as they grew into maybe middle school, high school, or got ready to even graduate. Um, at that point, there's other programs that you can get your child involved in through the school system as well. And, and those programs don't end at age 21, but they can actually extend beyond 21 if you start as soon as you know that something's going on, 
because there's a there's a thing that school districts um, are planning for when, when they have children who are older that have special needs and are matriculating through school and getting ready to graduate is called transition. And that transition is a planning period. It's a time where they actually discuss what are some of the things or the plans that you're, we have for your child or you have for your child or your child has for themselves and how can we support them in those plans. And they develop a plan, a transition plan, and they connect them to community services to get those uh, transition needs met. I can't tell you how many meetings I, I've been in where there were community representatives who were working with the children in those meetings because the transition plan was underway. But if you don't know that you should have a transition plan as your child is getting ready to graduate, you won't connect, make those connections. You won't ask about those services. You won't even initiate it. And sometimes the waiting lists are very long. So you want to start as soon as you can. Yeah, that's interesting. My son had a bit of a speech delay when we were when he was younger. And I um we we were reaching out to the um community uh services to get support on that and the funding it was free for him to get help before he started school. And so I'm glad that we kind of like, you know, we were curious and explored that a little bit further. Um, and because now he doesn't have a speech delay, he is it can speak no problem. And but it, had he not had that support. And had we not mm-hmm. explored that, we wouldn't have known that this was available in this program he did for two years before school started that really helped him. I mean, I can only imagine the more stress and anxiety he would have had like in schools still having that speech delay. Um, so I'm super thankful to have, you know, been able to look into some something that supported him early on. Um, so that's that's fantastic advice. Is there somewhere now I'm, I'm assuming that it's very specific. I'm in Canada. You're in the U.S. There's federal programs. There's state programs, provincial programs. There's city programs, county programs. Like, where do people look first? Like on the federal level, or is it more so like on like the local level? Yeah, I would say start at your local school district because mm-hmm. that then you branch out from there. Um, all, at least in the U.S. I'm not sure how it works in Canada, but at least in the U.S. The laws are federal. They cross state boundaries. They're the same no matter where you go within the U.S. and its territories. Mm-hmm. So if you're starting, if you have an issue that you're wanting to explore, start at your local level, because if the local level is not able to help, they can start expanding that range for you and moving you out even into federal programs if need be. Mm-hmm. So you want to start locally. Mm-hmm. And I have this funny you mentioned your um your son with his speech delay. My daughter also had a speech delay. She was uh, not even three months. Um, she was she wasn't even googling and guying. You know how babies just make those sounds. Yeah. She was paying attention to everything. The eyes were moving. You know, she was laughing and everything, but she wasn't making the sounds. And I thought, well, maybe is she does she hear what's happening in her environment? You know, she would mimic what was happening, but she wouldn't make the sounds. Um, and so we just monitored until we thought, okay, it, it might be time to have someone take a look at this. Mm-hmm. And right, and sure enough, she was evaluated, found to be delayed, developmentally delayed. And we did what you did. We got mm-hmm. services right away. She was still just a baby, not even in school. Um, and because we did that early intervention, just like you, she 
began to catch up with her peers. She started making those sounds and she started talking to the point where she started talking so much. We were like, oh, and we were worried about her not talking. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but yeah, that's how important it is. I want to stress your point, how important it is to, to do, to get involved early as soon as you know something is going on. Yeah. Or even to just question it. I know I thought I could understand my son and I didn't realize that other people couldn't, <laughs> I guess, because I was around him so much. And, and I remember his kindergarten teacher, she's like, I don't know what he's saying. She's like, it's so hard to understand. And uh, sure enough, by the time um, that he had gotten through kindergarten and had the support and everything, like when she had, she had um, sometimes like, and that's, this is to the point where sometimes it takes a long time. Like we'd done speech training um, work before kindergarten. I thought we thought we were like back on track, but she was still having a bit of hard time understanding him in kindergarten. So she reached to the school district to get more support. But by mm-hmm. the time that support had uh, been able to go through the whole system to get to us, he was fine. So he didn't yeah. need it at that point. So more to your point of like starting earlier and <laughs> looking into it, because I know some other families, when they, if they waited till school, they had like a three-year wait list for some some programs. So I'm yeah. sure you see that a lot too. Yeah, that's what I meant by, you know, sometimes those the programs can have a long, you have to wait a long time. So the sooner you, sometimes the better. So I'm glad that you were able to get involved. And so some of these things that I, I would tell parents to do, for some, they come very naturally. Mm-hmm. For others, they just need a little bit of guidance and push. So mm-hmm. if you're a parent who you need something for your child, right? Anything, whether they have a disability or not, you know, one of the first things that you're going to do is you're you're going to identify what it is that you need. Um, and if your child has a special need, especially if it's something that is not typically offered within a school setting or within your community, you just want to identify what that is. And then you want to go and you want to investigate that. So that's identifying then investigate it, you know, make sure that what you're seeing is something that um, is an anomaly. It's not something that um, is t- typical in development. It may be atypical. Um, and then after you've identified what's going on, you want to um, voice, have, use your voice, talk to people, partnership with people, um, let them know that you're available and you're wanting to be a part of the solution and you're a part, you're a strong voice for your child to get the services that they need. And, and it's okay to throw ideas out there. You know, you may not know specifically, you don't, you don't have to know specifically. Um, you may not know what speech therapy is. You may not know what occupational therapy is, or you may not know what behavior therapy is, but you know, if you can describe what it is you think you need, then they at least it gives the school or your team an area where they can begin to look. And then, um, and don't be uh, shy about that. Don't be afraid about that. Some parents don't want to, um, they feel like they don't want to rock the boat. They, they feel like they just want to get along. No, it's okay if you have a difference of opinion because all of that information has to come in so that it can all be um, taken into account when the decisions are being made about what's best for your child. Because I tell parents that we, um, and I'm saying we because I, I wear both hats. I'm, I'm an educator. I know education. Okay. I'm the expert there. That's because I've gone through all this training and that's what I do. But I'm also an expert in my child. Right. I, I've raised this person. I'm living with this person. I see them in and out day in and day out. And I know my kid 
So if you know as the parent, you're the expert in your, in, in your child, the school's the expert when it comes to education. It takes the both of you coming together at that table to make the best decisions for your child. I love it. And I feel like you feel strongly that parents do make the best advocates because they, that's because they know their kids and they know, they know them inside out and can really like support them. I think as parents, we don't feel like the confidence to be the best advocate because we don't have the education and training. What do you think about that? I I totally disagree with that. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't take training, formal training to know your child. Your child is your training, (laughs) you know. I mean, what parents um, before having children can say that they're an expert in it? I mean, you can read all the books, but you know, when your child comes, your child is your child. (laughs) Exactly. So um, we learn, our children teach us as we go. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Yeah, I may have the expertise or I may have the training when it comes to the educational piece. And I'm supposed to be able to communicate that to you as the parent Mm -hmm. so that you can know and help me decide on the services that are going to meet what you already know about your child. You know, Mm -hmm. my job is to help you understand and give you access. And your job is to help me understand and help you help your child get access. Yeah, it sounds like a great partnership. And I, um, you know, would you recommend people look for someone like you in their community that can also support them um, in a way that you work with your clients? Absolutely. Start at your schools. So if your child is school age or preschool age, start there. You know, your preschool is probably going to guide you to your school system, your the local school district. But start there because um, they should be the ones that are working with you first. If you're having an issue there, then then you can move outside of your school district. Sometimes at the state level, they will have uh, representatives there who can help you work better with the um, school district. Programs like mine, what I do is I actually teach parents about that whole process mm. to take away some of that anxiety, that fear, mm. overwhelm, because sometimes you, you don't even know what you need to ask. You, you don't know what to say. You know, and so my job is my I see my job as to empower parents and teach them here's now that you have a child who you suspect may have a disability or, you know, for sure has a special need. Here's what you're probably going to have to do. Here's the process for getting the help that you need. Um, Here are some of the questions that you can ask. Here are some of the things because there's all these buzzwords you're going to hear. You know, uh, here are the words you're going to hear and here's what that means. And once we have a conversation and I take parents through kind of breaking down some of the things that are that feel so big and so enormous to them. What I see is now that they have gotten that part behind them, like they feel a little bit better about knowing the system, they can actually have the conversations that drive where they need to go for their children. Otherwise, they're sitting in the passenger seat and there's a bunch of voices coming at them, telling them what's what they they believe needs to be said. But when they when parents understand, they can be a part of that conversation. And so um, so that is what my program does. By the time parents have come to me and then they go through the school, when they start hearing those words and going through that process, they're already knowing what's going on. And so they're able to get the best, the most out of the services. Oh, that's, that's so how good. they're able to help their children. Yeah. Yeah. And so I imagine uh, parents in general are stressed out, exhausted, and 
know, take care of themselves less. Um, I know you're a really uh, strong advocate for self-care for parents. Um, any tips for our parents today? Yes, I have lots of tips for self-care. As a matter of <laughs> fact, Fridays are my self-care days. Actually, yeah. this is one of my self-care things. I so I enjoy, I just happen to enjoy what I do for, for work. I happen to enjoy talking about this and I happen to enjoy meeting with parents and I happen to enjoy having conversations and meeting with their children. Um, find something that you as parents enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, tr- if you can, Find a trusted person who can help you with your child and carve out time in your day, even if that means just taking a nap, you know, even if that means just soaking your feet in some water. (laughs) We have to make time in the day to do the things that fuel us. If you're out of gas, you have nothing to give for your family and for your children. So you have to refuel yourself. Um, and sometimes that might mean spending that time with your children. Some some people find their relaxation and their rest and their recharging. Just spending a day where you don't do anything but enjoy each other's company, playing games. You know, one of my favorite games with my family is Uno um, because I always win. So <laughs> That's our favorite around our dinner table. Too. <laughs> so, you know, if you can play games with, with your children, you know, do something, carve out some time in the day. For um, that feeds you and, and allows you to do something that you enjoy. Another thing is be proactive, I would say. You know, a lot of times we feel overwhelmed because we allow things to just happen because we, we feel like we're just too tired to deal with it, you know. But many of us know that once you have something and you, if you face it and, and, and try to conquer it like now, it's not as big and scary as it seems. Once you get over that first hurdle and you get over the next one, you realize that problem gets smaller and smaller and it's not stressing you out. You're not losing sleep over it. At least you're, you feel better because you at least have a plan and you're working on it and you're not having something sitting there that's just, you don't know what to do with it. Um, those two things I think have helped me a lot is to carve out time for myself. And when there are things um, that come up, try to face them head on. Oh, and here's another thing, just a mindset thing. You can't, uh, you, there are some things that you're just going to have to give over the control. Like you can't make everything happen just the way that you want. Like you may have an idea in your head about how something needs to be. Sometimes it's just better to let that go, face <laughs> what it is, and deal with what you got and make the best of the situation that you have. Yeah, great advice. I love it. <laughs> so now I know you have a really great uh, giveaway for our parents today um, about using two powerful strategies for getting special education services and having great special education meetings. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. So the um, it's a little pamphlet that I put together because, because I need, I had parents who were coming to me that needed like immediate answers. Mm-hmm. Dr. Fabian, I have a meeting like right now and I'm going in there and I don't, I don't really know. I don't feel like I'm prepared. I don't know what to do. Here's, here's a way to take the anxiety out. What I do is I give them these two strategies and these are the two strategies that 
advocates go by, that attorneys go by, and I call them like the two most powerful strategies. The first one is, you know, knowing the data. And I tell you a little bit more about how you can get that in the pamphlet. And then the next one is, is take your data and just kind of use that information to talk about your child. Because mm -hmm. we often talk from a place of emotion. You can argue with emotion, but you can't argue with information. Right. You know, so those are my two strategies. And in that pamphlet, I just kind of walk you through it's, it's just two pages, but it's two really strong pages of how you can prepare. And that way, when you walk into your meeting, you have prepared. You've got your strategies in place. You've got your information in place. You know what you're going to ask, and you're ready to have some discussions so that information can be captured in your child's um, meeting paperwork. So that will, you know, that's what I wanted to share with your audience today. Yeah, well, that's super helpful. And so where can our parents find those strategies? I will definitely link it into the show notes as well. If you can just share out loud where, where they can go to find those. Sure, they can go to our website. It's brightideaco.com and forward slash two powerful strategies. Uh, and they'll be able to find that pamphlet and download it. And it'll take maybe a couple seconds to read it over and be able to put it into practice immediately. Perfect. Well, Dr. Rolanda, this has been fascinating today. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. And uh, parents, if you're struggling out there, reading, if you're not struggling or you suspect something is up with your child, make sure you reach out and get some support right away. I can tell you from personal experience that getting that support early on is super helpful uh, and negates a, a, a long, long waiting list later on. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for being here. Any last words for our parents today? Um, I, I'm always giving out information, free things that parents can use. If they are interested in getting information, about, more information about the topics we've talked today, they can definitely connect with us on social media. Um, and I'm at, um, Facebook and Instagram at Bright Idea Ed, not Co, Bright Idea Ed, and they will be able to, um, stay connected and, and get all the information that we have, um, available to them all the time. And that's also a great way to reach me if you have questions or concerns or things you want to run by me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And our blissful parents go out there and have a fabulous day and make sure you reach out to Dr. Rolando. All right. Yes. Talk to you soon, guys. Take care. Thank you. Bye. This episode is brought to you by the Blissful Parenting Toolbox. If you're looking for better ways to communicate with your child, deal with challenging behavior, or just improve your parenting skills, our free parenting toolbox contains the best resources from our expert workshops, as well as contributions from our podcast guests. These tools could be the missing link that you've been looking for to solve everyday parenting challenges and to access highly effective ways to communicate with your child without triggering conflict, arguments, or meltdowns. The best part is that these resources, tools, and templates are completely free and are a gift to you for being a valued member of our community and subscriber to our show. To get free instant access to the Blissful Parenting Toolbox today by visiting www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. That address again, www.blissfulparenting.com forward slash toolbox. Register today and we'll see you on the inside.